In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. How easy it is to take our life for granted. The passing of a loved one quickly reminds us that life on earth is short. How easy it is also to take our health for granted. A little bout with any cold or virus reminds us that health is indeed fragile. In today's Gospel, our Savior moved by compassion upon seeing the tears of the widow of Nain, stops the funeral procession of her only son, and raises him back to life. There were three instances in the scriptures in which our Lord directly rose the dead back to life. First, the daughter of the ruler of the synagogue. Secondly, the only son of the widow of Nain, as recounted in today's gospel. And thirdly, Lazarus, who is dead for four days. While these miracles give credence to our faith in Christ, his greater miracles are raising the soul from sin. For as Christ rose their bodies, their bodily life was only restored for a few more years until it would once again die. But when Christ raised the soul to the life of grace, it can live on eternally. Thus the resurrection of the soul to the life of grace is a far greater miracle. St. Augustine comments that these three dead are figures of three kinds of sinners. The first type of sinner is represented by the daughter of the ruler of the synagogue. Her death was private, only known to those inside her house, in the privacy of its walls. The second type of sinner is represented by the only son of the widow of Naim. His death is known not only to those in his household, but also to the public. However, he was not yet buried. The third type of sinner is represented by Lazarus, the dead who was already buried. Now, mortal sin destroys the life of grace in his soul. The sinner is spiritually dead and has merited the eternal punishment of the fires of hell. Now, there are some who have recently died having sinned secretly within their hearts, like the death of the daughter of the synagogue ruler. Her death was private. In a similar way, when we have consented to sin in interior, our death is private, yet it can still be mortal, still destroying the life of grace in our soul. Our Lord forewarned of this death when he said, Whosoever shall look on a woman to lust after her, hath already committed adultery with her in his heart. This first death is an interior death committed by one's free will, though it hasn't manifested itself by an exterior deed. This can be a sin of lust, or losing custody of one's eyes and thoughts, or it can be a sin of jealousy, of envy, of pride in judging one's neighbor rashly, or a sin of vanity and narcissism, or a sin of not giving proper thanks to God. St. Augustine continues, Others, after inward consent to evil, proceed to the outward act, as though carrying forth the dead, so that which was hidden in secrecy now appears for all to see. Are any of these without hope in our Lord? No. To the private sinner, our Lord confronting the mockery and scorn of those in the room 
sends them forth, and touching the maiden by the hand, says, Maiden, I say to thee, Arise. Then the private sinner rises as if they were only in a sleep. They are again given the new life within the secrecy of their conscience, as they know that they were dead, and now they live. They know they were dead within the walls of their house, but now their conscience is clear, and they have a new life. To those in the second death, to those who have sinned and thought in and deed, they too have hope. Holy Mother Church, the widow of our Lord risen to heaven, weeps over the spiritual death of her children as if they were her only children. Her tears are efficacious in bringing the mercy of our Lord, and he comes to touch them. Their bad companions that were carrying their beer still stand now in his presence, but they do not move. And thus our Lord removes the sinner from their bad company that led to their spiritual death. He says to these sinners, Young man, I say to thee, arise. Christ then hands us back to our mother of the church, now as a living member of the church, alive with supernatural charity. Now before we treat of the third death, let us pause to see how a soul gets to the point where it buries itself in sin. St. Augustine explains that there are four steps of sin corresponding to the four days that Lazarus is dead. He says, In the first step, there is a touch of delight within the heart. Now when the soul delights in a bad thought, in a bad temptation, or in something sinful, the will is already infected with sin. If one delights in sin, even if it is only an interior delight, their heart, their conscience, their will have the threat of death inside. Then in this second step, there is consent to evil. Now death has entered their soul, the private walls of their house. Now they have made the evil their own. Now to those who are tempted but do not consent, there is no death there. But to those who delight in evil thoughts or delight in temptation, in a certain measure, the process of death has begun. And following consent to evil, damnation has already begun as one has allowed the devil into his heart. Now in the third step, in the process of spiritual death, there is the evil deed itself. They now, they now go out of themselves to accomplish and do the evil. They have delighted in the evil, they consented to the evil, and now they are doing evil in action. And then in the fourth step of the process of burial of oneself in sin, their repeated sinful actions have eventually made itself a habit, a vice, in doing evil. Their vice has dragged them, not allowing them to move freely, wrapping them in the burial shroud of sin. Fixed in their vice, by their own choice, they have now been thrown in a tomb without lights, thrown in a tomb without air, into the pit of despair. These sinners often become so entrenched in their sin that they soon rationalize it as normal, as human, 
or as a lesser evil, as they become desensitized to the stench of their foulness. St. Augustine says, But they who do evil become also involved in evil habits, so that the very habit of evil will not let them see that it is evil, and they will in turn become defenders of their own evil deeds. The power of their sin is like a great stone laid upon the tomb that prevents him from seeing, and eventually it suffocates him. Now our modern society has degraded itself from one sin to another. From the denial of the Catholic and apostolic faith with Martin Luther, to acceptance of divorce, to contraception, abortion, and same-sex unnatural unions, our society continues to tear itself apart as it runs away from God. Sadly, like Judas, there is also in the church the crisis, as many individual members have turned away from Christ and his perennial teachings handed on to his apostles, as many seek to change the deposit of faith. In modern times, these members focus on ecumenism, ecology, and economics, as if they were going to save the soul. But neither we nor our society are without hope. Only Jesus Christ can raise the sinner to the life of grace, and he touches us through the church. To those of us buried in mortal sin, buried in our addictions, buried in our vices with seemingly no way out, to those of us who return time and time again to our sinful ways, buried in our concupiscence, we too can have hope in our Lord. To those buried in sinful habit of vice, as for Lazarus, our Lord cries out to us with a loud voice. Even the powers of hell tremble the sound of our Lord's voice, and it gives up her dead. Lazarus then emerged, and our Lord addressed the ministers of the church, loosed him, and let him go. Imagine the look on the faces of all those that witnessed these miracles. Imagine Lazarus' relief, and imagine the tears of joy that he must have shed as he came out from the stench of his own tomb. And yet this miracle pales in comparison to the resurrection of the soul that rises again to grace to live eternally with our Lord. Such is the miracle for all those who come out of the confessional just like Lazarus from the tomb. Whether the soul is only inclined to sin, or whether the soul delights in the thought of sin, or whether the soul begins to sin in interior action, or whether the soul is already bound in vice. To each, our Lord comes to touch our ear and raise us to life once again. Whether we are in the beginning stages of weakness, or an infection has begun, or whether we have been totally consumed, our Lord comes to bring us eternal life. Today, just as Christ bodily touched these three dead, so he touches us in the confessional, raising us from our knees as he sends us forth to be nourished on his body for our spiritual nourishment. Moved by compassion and the tears of Holy Mother Church for us sinners, our Lord comes to touch us so that we too may have the joy of eternal life as he says to us today, Go and sin 
no more. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.